When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Spilling Royal Tea with Sean Mandel and Craig Robert Young. Meghan Markle is back in the USA, uh, but don't get too excited. It's not for good. The future Her Royal Highness was spotted in Chicago getting her visa so she can stay in the UK while she's waiting to walk down the aisle. But she's still an American citizen for the time being, at least. That's right. And it'll take Meghan at least three years to become a fully fledged Brit. But Meghan being a yank won't prevent her from starting to immediately tackle all the duties a wife of a Prince of Wales must tackle. Meghan was by Harry's side this week, attending some top-level meetings as a representative of the British royal family, and by extension, the British state. Yes, the heads of government of the British Commonwealth gathered in London and in Windsor this week, and Meghan was on hand for two events, including one that focuses on empowering girls. And with special guest Boris Johnson, the conservative firebrand and accused racist who's also the UK foreign secretary. Should have been uh, really interesting. So we're just 28 days away from Harry and Meghan's wedding, so we better spill the tea before we run out. This is Spilling Royalty, a podcast that follows the piping hot engagement of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, from the annals of British history to the wedding chapel at Windsor Castle. The show is half British and half American, just like the historic marriage of Meghan and Harry. I'm Sean Mandel, a producer, pop culture devotee, and TMZ's unofficial royal correspondent. And I'm Craig Robert Young, a British-born thespian working in Hollywood, but with a childhood thoroughly steeped in the Crown's culture. In each episode, we will spill the tea. That's American for gossip. On the latest stories about Meghan and Harry. Tea will be served with some English history and cultural translations from across the pond that you can't go without. So, without further ado, let's spill the royal tea. In this episode of Spilling Royal Tea, we're going to look at how Americans have married into blue-blooded English families in the past. We'll also look at the roles carried out by royal brides in the modern era, from Princess Diana to Kate Middleton, and make some guesses about how Meghan's role might shape up. Then we'll discuss Meghan's visit to Chicago, what she will have to do to become a UK citizen, and look at how she is already performing official duties despite not being a legal Brit. Yet, at least. Uh, we'll also have Royal Central correspondent Jamie Samhan back on the show to moderate a pop quiz. Yes! <laughs> That's right. Since Megan has begun her process of gaining British citizenship, we will also be taking a version of that same citizenship test to see how we stack up. Well, I've been out of the country for 19 years, so we'll, <laughs> I'm a little rough on that. But, uh, finally, while you might not be about to join one of the oldest royal families in the world... We'll talk about what roles new spouses take on after they say I do and discuss the best ways to navigate those waters. Craig will then share his own experience on how things change when two become one. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, see? Because, you know, we had a Spice Girls episode. So, call him back. There's one something old. 
So Meghan Markle is not the first American to marry into British high society. Um, Wallace Simpson, of course, who we've spoken about at great lengths in uh, some of our past podcasts. There's a great quote from Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, She plays Cora Crawley on Downton Abbey. Countess. Cora Crawley. She says, uh, the guilty secret of the British aristocracy is how much American blood runs through its veins. Ah. Yeah. So, you know, because in the show, she plays um, a wealthy American heiress who has married into the upper classes of uh, England. That's right. And sort of revitalized a great old ancient family with her American money. Um, and the interesting thing is that that story is not apocryphal. It is actually based on the history. Uh, yeah. American heiresses who were known as uh, the Buccaneers. Um, there was a novel by Edith Wharton called The Buccaneers about these women who went abroad to seek marriages in high English society. And there were these throngs of young aristocratic English men who came from houses that were bankrupt, practically, because yeah. their estates were no longer making money. And the American came with dowries, came presumably. With, yes. Um, and then actually all this money ended up being <laughs> transferred over to, out of these women's control, sadly, as you know, as also explored on Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's certainly true. You know, there are a few great historical examples of uh, modern day Brits who would not exist without their American ancestors, number one, and the American money that uh, made their existence possible. So one famous one is Jenny Jerome. Uh, Jenny Jerome gave us Winston Churchill. She married... uh, That's right. uh, Yeah, Jenny Jerome uh, brought her money over from the States, and eventually she was the mother of Winston Churchill. And then Princess Diana, actually, also, uh, even though she comes from the Spencer family, the Spencer family is more English than the Windsor family, wow. actually, if you go into it. Because the Windsor yeah. family is primarily Germanic. You know, they changed their name. Their their real story is that their name is Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. Um, very Germanic. So during the first world, around the time of the First World War, they changed their last name to be more British-sounding. And Windsor, of course. What What's more British than Windsor? So Diana's family, the Spencer family, was uh, had the influx of cash from uh, the American uh, Frances Ellen Work. She actually married uh, a man named James Roche, who was, if you follow along with the tree here, he was the third Baron Fairmoy, and then their descendants married into the Spencer family. So Diana can actually trace her roots also to American ancestors. And important to note that she was a lady, first and foremost. Exactly. Everyone called her a commoner, but she was not. Yeah. So it's just interesting to take a look at that. This is, you know, Megan is, is hardly the first American who's going to be giving um, new blood to the royal family and to the high uh, upper classes of yeah. English society. And speaking of, you know, the duties of the betrothed, I should say, Meghan, you know, she's going to have duties that go side by side with Prince Harry. Right, this isn't just going to be, you know, a cushy job of sitting around eating bonbons all day. (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she's going to have, you know, I mean, like duchesses and princesses, members of the royal family, they have a lot, they actually do have a lot of work that goes into it. They have to work hard for the money. I mean, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, princesses and duchesses alike have long served by the side of their husbands at events. And as their careers went on, they have done their own solo engagements with organizations that they champion. Like, for instance, Princess Diana in her early marriage only made joint appearances with Prince Charles. 
But she outshone him eventually and then became a bit of a problem for Charles as Yeah, go. he definitely was, She's you know. Stealing the limelight somewhat. Exactly, because, you know, there would be often times where they would have, you know, they'd be going out into the public and, like, you know, working the rope line, as they call it, right? Getting flowers from people and saying hello, shaking, shaking hands. hands. Yeah. yeah. And people would, be, would tell Charles, uh, we wish we were over on the other side where Diana is because they'd be working different sides of the street. That's right. Because she was this megastar. You know, yeah. she was this new, uh, again, an influx of, you know, fresh blood into the royal family, something new, something young, something fresh. Yeah. And that was definitely something that affected, affected him. And then that's probably one of the reasons why... He decided that they were going to go solo yeah. on certain missions. Right. And then I think, you know, also as their marriage sort of deteriorated, even before they officially announced, you know, that they were divorcing, yeah. that uh, they they would increasingly do more things on their own. And I think more for some of the organizations and charities that she supported herself, like the Absolutely. landmines in Angola and HIV and AIDS, obviously, that we know about. Princess Diana is a very interesting counterpoint to, for example, um, the person who will eventually be the Princess of Wales and then eventually be the Queen, um, Catherine, uh, Kate Middleton, as you may know her, the Duchess of Cambridge. You know, she obviously has a little bit of a different role than Diana did because Diana had to go and then eventually, you know, they started in the same place, right? Um, But Diana had to go and forge her own role and figure out how to carry out royal duties as they are in a different way because she was on her own. Catherine doesn't, you know, have to do that. She started off her marriage, you know, doing the same thing that Diana did, which is doing engagements primarily with her husband, um, William. Is the reason that she doesn't have to do that is because she's not, um, that William is not next in line to the throne? Well, I think the difference is just that, you know, Diana was in a unique position, um, being that she was not in a happy marriage. She Mm -hmm. was, even when they were still technically together and the public thought everything was happy, behind closed doors, it was not happy. Um, And then eventually she was separated, um, like in 1992. They were separated, like legally separated, you know, it was announced in Parliament that they were legally separated. And so that had never, we'd never seen that before. We'd never seen a Princess of Wales who technically is still in like line to become the future Queen Consort having to have this weird role. She wasn't considered a member of the royal family yeah. until really she until she died, and then there was public pressure to acknowledge her as a member of the royal family. So that's just a pressure that Catherine doesn't have to deal with. Yeah, you know, to all for all we know, Catherine seems to be in a very happy marriage with William. Um, they still continue to carry out joint functions together. But like Diana, you know, Diana's nickname was Shy Die back in the day yeah. uh, when she first started off. Uh, she became anything but that. You know, as time <laughs> went on, as she got her sea legs. And uh, Kate, Catherine, has also been sort of growing into her role. It's really interesting. If you watch her original interview with Prince William when they got engaged, like their BBC interview, you know, like Harry and yeah. Meghan did, she was so nervous. Um, like you could see she's very, soft, like, a little bit more soft-spoken, and she's, like, trembling a little bit, which, of course, I mean, like, yeah. perfectly understandable. She was younger, too, also, you know, than Harry and Meghan are, and Meghan's, you know, an, act- an actress, has confidence training and all that kind of stuff. Right. She's used to speaking on camera. Yeah. But since then, you know, they've been married now, gosh, seven years, um, which is crazy to think about. A new baby on the way. New baby on the way. Baby number three. Yep. Any day now. Um, Any day. So eventually, though, she starts, you know, Catherine started to get, like Diana, her sea legs about her, right? Um, And again, like Diana, you know, championing causes that were really, that struck her and were really important to her. 
sport has always been something that's been really important to Kate. Uh, it was very important for her, like growing up and in school. She did a lot of sports. She did tennis, field hockey, swimming, netball, and rounders. Can you tell me what rounders is, by the way? What is oh, rounders? Yeah. It's sort of like um, your baseball, but it's uh, um, it, it's just a different bat. Okay, we have a square bat as opposed to, but it's not cricket. A bit, it's not cricket. No, so it's like cricket. You go back and forth. You right. run, run back and forth. Okay, Where, but we have a round, so we only have, like like you do in baseball. Right. Yeah, you have you know stub number one. Okay, two, I mean I'm not really sporty, but <laughs> <laughs> you're not sporty spice. I'm not sporty spice. I'm really plugging our more, Spice Girls episode. I don't more know baby. why. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm posh, but, um, but yeah, it was one of those sports that I opted out of. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, But yeah, so I mean, in addition to sports, um, Kate has also been really, really passionate about mental health. She and William and Harry started an organization called Heads Together. So I think it's fair to say, you know, that with Megan, she'll be following in the footsteps of both Catherine and and Diana. Yeah, she's already, uh, Megan and Harry have already made a a handful of outings together. Uh, You know, the Invictus Games, obviously. Yeah. But one thing to note is that, you know, harking back to a, a past episode that we had, is that royals can't be political. Right. So we have to bear that in mind, too. So Yeah, and it's it's very interesting because, you know, like Diana, like Diana got flack for some of the causes she supported, yeah. you know, like with HIV and AIDS. Um, like that was, uh, you know, she was very vocally present for, give, you know, bringing civil rights awareness to... Yeah. And and bringing education uh, to people about, for example, you know, that famous photo of her holding the hand of an AIDS patient. Yeah. When at the time in Britain and around the world, most people believed that you could transmit AIDS. And there was no government help. No. Um, Government in America and and UK were both really negligent. Yeah. It took uh, Reagan a long time to to acknowledge acknowledge what was going on. Yeah, it took him forever to even say the word HIV AIDS. So I think that then, you know, I think that in a sneaky way, you can be political, but without being apolitical, right? right? Yeah. So, um, you know, she did the same thing. If you think about it, the government at the time in London, especially Mm. weren't doing too much for the homeless. The homeless, yeah. So if there's a picture on the front page of the papers with Diana visits, a secret visit to Centrepoint, then the government have to kind of pay attention. Right. It's such a good point, you know, in the way that they can secretly or subtly, you know, and we talked about it before as well, with the way that the royal family can use their power to shift the agenda in a way that the public will not see it as political, but still really exerting an influence on the conversation. Yeah. You know? I, I think um, Harry especially is... Uh, Very good at it. And he's going on this listening tour, if you will, like yeah. like uh, Hillary did, where yeah. he wants to know what the youth of today think about politics and issues and you know how he wants to know that they're supported by right. uh, the royal family and especially he and Meghan. So well that ties in really nicely to what we're going to talk about today with our something new because Harry has some interesting developments uh, from these Commonwealth meetings and then we'll also talk about another little gem of Meghan coming to the USA. First two, something new. All right, so TMZ broke the story, actually, that uh, Meghan, Meghan Markle, was spotted in Chicago last Um. week, and she was in town uh, finalizing uh, her visa to become a permanent resident of the UK so she can stay there, you know, while she's waiting to become a citizen. Didn't, um, Didn't Meghan go to Northwestern University? Yeah, that's right. 
at first we were like, you know, why Chicago? Like random choice. But it actually, you know, when you think about it, it's like, oh, it makes sense. Like it's a city other than LA yeah. um, in the US that she has, you know, something. Um, she can stay at friends, uh, sleep on a friend's couch or something. <laughs> Some, I don't think she has to worry about that. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think the royal family is probably uh, going to take care of her stay at the Ritz. So here's what happened. So she went to Chicago. She flew in. They closed down the entire visa application office for her. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it only took about 10 minutes. And she was apparently very friendly with the staff, telling everyone to like have a good day, just being really nice. Um, surprisingly, we didn't, we haven't been able to find any like selfies with people um, well, or pictures. If it's a govern- government building, I don't think you're allowed to take photographs. Well, it's not a government building. From what we can tell, it is an office where like visas are issued and everything, uh, but it's in like an office building. Got it. So yeah. So, but you know, Megan has said before we're not allowed to take selfies, but like Harry has broken that rule. So I don't know. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I'm just curious. If it's good for the goose. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, but so she was actually spotted uh, at the airport as well. Um, she was where, and this was the same description that we got um, from the people we were speaking with who saw her getting the visa, um, which is that she was sporting, you know, a White Sox, Chicago White Sox cap, like oh. very low slung, you know, like one of those like dad caps um, and like big black sunglasses. Um, so yeah, the sort of don't look at me, look at me thing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's funny, right? Because that's the classic celebrity <laughs> move. Yeah. And if you're it, going to the chateau and you want to go in, just go in with dark glasses and a baseball cap. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, <laughs> right, I mean, I've definitely, like, pretended to be, like, be like, okay, if I pull this up, like, if I do this, if I wear the baseball cap and the sunglasses, will people think I'm famous? And people do. <laughs> yeah. So, it clearly works. <laughs> so, um, do you know if Megan gets any sort of, uh, well, obviously, they close down the, the, uh, office, the right. office, but does she get any other pre- preferential treatment while applying for her visa? She doesn't get, like, preferential treatment per se, but she is buying preferential treatment, which anyone can do. So it's okay. not like she's just getting it because she's Meghan Markle. Yeah. Uh, she paid $1,500 for a, a premium processing of her visa. Like a fast pass in a way. Exactly. So she could get it within just a few days. Normally it would take longer than that. Um, and as we mentioned before, you know, citizenship will take uh, for her to get her British citizenship, um, which Kensington Palace said that she is going to do. She is going to become an official Brit. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there is still some confusion about whether she's going to maintain dual citizenship, because technically that is an option. And technically, you don't have to be a Brit to have a royal title. So, for example, like the day she gets married, she'll still be an American. Whatever title the queen gives her, she'll be able to use that day, yeah. which is interesting, because yeah. um, she really will be like if. You know, she will be an American princess. Um, so America doesn't uh, doesn't require you to uh, denounce to renounce your, it. Yeah, renounce your. So, citizenship. from my understanding, the U.S. does not require you to renounce your citizenship. The only thing uh, that you can be a dual citizen of the U.K. and the U.S. Um, in certain circumstances, and I believe that having a spouse that is you know of the other nationality is one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on what country. With the U.K., I believe you can have dual citizenship. The other thing that's interesting. If for whatever reason she decided she wanted to run for office someday, she would have to give up whatever title she had. That's um, part of the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution. But, okay, so one really interesting thing about, uh, you know, her becoming a British, she's going to have to take an official test. Yes. Yeah. Same same here. So when I became oh, yeah. an American citizen, that's right. I had to take a, a U.S. Uh, te- knowledge test, basically. Right. About, like, U.S. history and history, culture. Yeah. And, you know, sort of political, too. Yeah. Uh, sort, of, sort of questions like that. But anyway, also new this week, and uh, this is this is a pretty big deal. Yeah. So, do we have any trumpets? Can we like like play yeah. some like? <laughs> yeah, give me some trumpets. So Megan has attended two events this week yeah. as part of Cogum. 
Yeah, that's it's really it's very it's Germanic. The Windsor. It is Cogum. Cogum, which is C H O G M, which stands for the Commonwealth Heads of Government Meetings. Yeah, and it's very important and you know very official. Right, and it's sort of unusual that you know for Meghan to be involved at this stage in you know the marriage because she's not married right. yet. Uh, she doesn't have her like she has an she engagement have a ring. Title. Yeah, she has yeah, a, no wedding ring. No wedding ring. It's a big deal in terms of past precedent, but I think most people might be like. She's attending a meeting with her husband. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. But it is a big deal in the fact that she's not married yet. It's like assuming the position before having the position. Right. But, like, let's say you don't think that that's a big deal. Here's the other thing that happened is that she's actually going to be joining him um, going forward in his work as a Commonwealth Youth Ambassador. The Queen named him as a youth ambassador yeah. to the Commonwealth, the 53 nations that make up the British Commonwealth. And, um, you know, we've got a clip of that speech. So um, let's take a listen to that and, and hear him, because he, he's actually really sweet in what he says. Both here in the UK and as I travel, my job will be to listen to you. My duty would be to ensure that your ideas, concerns, thoughts and hopes are heard. And my commitment will be to work with you to build better platforms for your leadership and to help you collaborate and form partnerships with your peers across nations. In my new role, I will work to support the Queen, my father, the Prince of Wales, and my brother, William, all of whom know that young people are the answer to the challenges of today. I am also incredibly grateful that the woman that I am about to marry, Meghan, will be joining me in this work, of which she too is hugely excited to take part in. I, I just think that's so so sweet. So sweet. I was going to say the same thing. Like, there's just something in his voice. He, he could, like, read the yellow pages to me. And but, like, like, you can tell, like, it's to your point about, like, something in his voice about that. You know, I mean, first of all, he has a beautiful voice. Beyond that, um, and he's a podcaster, too. Um, but uh, beyond that, it's... You know, like with the rest of his speech, I don't want to say that it's, you know, it's just a little bit drier material and he's going through it and doing a lovely job executing it, by the way. But when it comes to Megan, like there's something that you can tell that he's like beaming. I feel like there's elements of his mother in the way that he talks. You know, there's a sincerity that comes across. Absolutely. And when he talks about the woman by his side, you know, there's just this. You can't um, help. We're smirking so hard right now. You guys can't see us, but it's just like, it's so sweet. It's like our hearts are melting. And a little bit. probably all women across America, too. I mean, it's really just sweet. <laughs> Makes me happy. I'm just so glad that they found each other. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's just it really is remarkable that, you know, she's remarkable. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I've got to put some puns you, in it. You so. had to, right? Oh, some dad jokes. Um, Where's my baseball cap? I know, right? Get your, well, do you have a White Sox one? You need a White Sox one. But I think it is remarkable. She has been treated as a member of the royal family since the engagement like was announced. You know what I mean? Yeah. She went to Christmas with the royal family, which had never been done before. And we saw her like the unveiling of the royal fab four all hanging out together. That like Kate was not allowed to do that. You know, that was certainly new. Um, going to the meetings is certainly new. They've been telegraphing that something like this would not be 
out of the ordinary. Yeah. So it's clear that, you know, they're doubling down and moving forward and they've got no time to, like Harry and Meghan have no time to waste and they're, they know what they're about. They are getting down to business. Yeah. Interestingly enough, somebody that was in attendance, there was... Um... Yeah, another, this was another meeting, right? This was the, um, the women's empowerment reception that happened this week, right? With Boris Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, so Boris Johnson has a little bit of a racist history. Um, <laughs> he says he's not racist, by the way, to be clear. He's the Boris Johnson, former mayor of London. He is the UK foreign secretary. Uh, he's a conservative uh, under Theresa May's government. So he insists he's not a racist, but he has made comments before that have gotten him in trouble. Jonathan uh, Pye, actually, who is um, a British fake newscaster, right. so he, he's, he refers to him as the Prince Philip of politics. Right. <laughs> Um, and so he had this one quote, uh, or we had a couple quotes. One, these are the ones that got the most uh, traction. One, uh, when Obama urged the UK to remain in the EU, um, Johnson alleged that the president was motivated by anti-British sentiment caused by his Kenyan ancestry. Yeah, he also suggested that the Queen must love touring the Commonwealth because she's greeted by cheering crowds of flag-waving pickaninnies. And that in the Congo, Tony Blair would be met with watermelon smiles. I'm sorry, that alludes to... Watermelon smiles. To racism, in my eyes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, He's so, just a buffoon. He's, you know... It, uh, it's not a good look. And he's the foreign secretary of right. the UK. So, you know, part of his job is to, um, you know, make sure that we have good relationships with all, all of these nations. Right. And there he is making stupid comments like that. 100%. Um, and, you know, it, it's another example of Megan having to deal with racism. And, and she's yeah. talked about having to deal with it before she talked about it in the interview with the bbc she's written like articles about it as well you know i mean honestly this is she's never used these exact words to be clear but i think the best way to describe it is the michelle obama quote when they go low we go high yeah that is really how she has handled it in the past to be like to you know we talk about like killing with kindness she kills it with class like yeah. she's just like i'm not going to deign it with like an emotional response um and just it rises above it, you know. So I bet that this was a uncomfortable meeting, me- meeting grade. Yeah. But Megan would never let that show. You know, I don't think that she's one to let that show because she understands her role. Um, and I think she will still advocate, you know, for... And she uh, has grace, you know. She has so grace yeah. and poise and she will still advocate, you know, for, um, you know, race equality and uh, awareness around these issues in a way that she can. First... Free something borrowed. So for our Something Borrowed segment, we'll be calling on our dear friend Jamie Samhan, royal correspondent for Royal Central. Jamie is on the ground in London right now, so uh, we know she'll have a lot of hot tea to spill. Yeah, she will. Let's give her a ring. Hey, Jamie, welcome back to Spilling Royal Tea. Thank you very much for having me back. So, we, <laughs> so we've so we called you up because we want you to play moderator for us with a little competition that <laughs> Sean and I are going to do. Because you probably don't know, but I've been out of the, uh, the UK now for 19 years. So I'm not too up on what's what. And obviously, being British, I wouldn't have to take a citizenship test. Right. Um, I had to do one here to be a U.S. citizen, but um, we thought it might be fun to see who knows more about British knowledge, <laughs> Sean or myself. Uh, would you uh, Would you be okay with that? Absolutely. <laughs> right. We're going to take the same test that uh, Megan. Some questions from the same test that Megan Markle is going to be taking, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yes, so I actually spoke to a few people on the ground here about what they thought of the test, and they all believe that it's quite outdated, and none of them think they could pass it. So we'll see how you two do. Okay. What is the official name of the country? England, Great Britain, Great Britain and Northern Ireland, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, or just the United Kingdom? United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Wait, how do we do, how do we do this? Because like, should we should we have a? We can beat? take turns. We can take turns. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So first question will be, and sure. then we can and then we can keep score. I love that. That's okay. A good idea. So I'm going to answer United Kingdom of Great Britain Northern Ireland. Yay! One point for you. Okay. Yes. I'm not at all competitive. I'm like freaking out in the studio right now. I took the test and I passed, so I'm pretty proud of myself here. <laughs> Okay, so the Union Jack contains which cross? St. George's, St. Peter's, St. John's, or St. Thomas's? Uh, duh, St. George's. Very good. They do get yeah, harder. Okay, this is pretty easy. <laughs> For the record, I knew the answer to that. <laughs> did he have his hand up? I did. I was raising my hand. Just in case I got it wrong. <laughs> I know. I did want to like tap. Yeah. If someone, if they get it wrong, can the other person tap in so that way they can like try and steal the point? Oh, that's a good one. Why not? Let's just make this okay, up. Okay. I realize I'm, I know I'm making the rules crazy, but okay. Sorry. My turn. Go ahead. Okay. So to whom do new citizens swear loyalty? Parliament, Winston Churchill, the Queen, or the Prime Minister? The Queen. Very, very good. Yes. Okay. Here's a little yes, more of a tricky yes. one here. How long did the Hundred Years' War actually last? 99 years, 116 years, 200 years, or 75? Oh, bugger. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to have to guess this one and say 75? 116. Oh, <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> oh, you could have you could have buzzed in it's and okay. beat me. Okay, well, oh, Sean's sorry, ahead sorry. two to one. Let's let's see what's next. Okay, okay, next question. Which is not a cricket term? Maiden over, sticky wicket, virgin bat, or bold a googly? <laughs> <laughs> I am actually stumped on this one. Um, the I'm going to go with the last one. D the old and wogly. No. Can I can I buzz in? Yeah, you can buzz in. Steal it. It's the first one, right? No, it's it is the first not. One. <laughs> it is virgin what bat. Is it? The virgin bat. Virgin bat oh, is not one. a cricket term. Oh. <laughs> well, cricket definitely. Is that really a question in the citizenship? Apparently. Well, I guess we do love our cricket. That's yeah, true. it is like a national sport. Yeah. Okay, next one. My question. Who built the Tower of London? Dame Zaha Hadid? William the Conqueror, <laughs> Sir Norman Forrester, or Lancelot Cap- Capability Brown? Oh, boy. I think uh, I know. I'm going to go with the third one. What was the third one? Sir, <laughs> Sir Norman Forrester? You, right. you have to say the thing. <laughs> you can't just say the you third. Did no, but I, did, I, made an att- I made an attempt at pronouncing what it was. <laughs> so you're going with Sir Norman Forrester. I'm going to go with option number three, Steve. And that would be wrong. Oh, <laughs> what was number three? You, no, you have to go. I know. Guess. I'm going to try and guess. Number three was Sir Norman Forrester. Your other choices oh, wh- are Dame Zaha Hadid, William the Conqueror, or Lancelot Capability Brown. I'm going to go with William the Conqueror. Very good. 
Oh, I thought he'd just knock things down. <laughs> <laughs> he built things he down. He had to build, then he had to build them back up. <laughs> he knocked everything down. He should have been William the Builder. <laughs> well, Conqueror sounded more badass, so. Is, is that it? Is that the end of the competition? Or do we have more? We have more. Would you like me to keep going? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Who's not an important figure in British literature? Shakespeare, Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, J.K. Rowling, or E.L. James? E.L. James. Yes. (laughs) Oh, please. That was so easy. Well, I got it. Fifty Shades of Easy. (laughs) Still got it. Okay. Craig's turn. Okay. (laughs) Why do Britons eat pancakes on Shrove Tuesday? To begin the new season of the Great British Bake Off... To honor Ireland, (laughs) to use up all the eggs, milk, and fat in the home before fasting for Lent, or to prepare for a marathon? Um, To use up everything in the house before Lent? Very good. Oh, that was a good guess. Yeah. Because I really thought it was to prepare for a marathon. Nothing to do with the Great (laughs) British Bake Off. Okay, my turn. Okay. Which is true? The Constitution of the United Kingdom was originally written in blood was written on lambskin and hangs on the walls of West, the Palace of Westminster, is unwritten and has no name, or was created by Henry VIII shortly after he created the Church of England. Is unwritten and has no name. Another point for you. Sean is winning. The American. I'm so embarrassed. Well, Come on, give me an easy one, chance. Jamie. You still have a chance. <laughs> Okay, uh, here's a good one. A 16-year-old can legally drink alcohol when? Only at funerals, only after a football game, only if he or she gets it from a priest, or with a meal in a hotel, pub, or restaurant if there's someone Beep. 18 or Beep. older present. Yes? <laughs> Craig gets it. I'm going to say with a priest present. No. Oh! Craig, for okay. the steal. Oh my God, this is my chance. Oh, sorry. This Sean is my chance. Steal. The options oh, to me. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get the chance now. You lost. You you shot your you shot your chance. Okay, go ahead, Jamie. Give me, so, give me the options one more time. A 16-year-old can legally drink alcohol when? Only at funerals, only after football games, or with a meal in a hotel, pub, or restaurant if there is someone over the 18 present. Someone over 18 present. And you are the winner. Oh, what? Really? So you- America victorious. <laughs> Once again, trouncing England. It's a you good thing you have a UK citizenship the, to the now. crown. <laughs> Off to the tower with me for, for failing. Which great you didn't know who built it. You didn't know who built the tower that you're going to. <laughs> See, remember my, remember my trip to the tower? I learned a lot while I was there. You did. <laughs> Jamie, thank you um, yes. so much. This was a lot of fun. Um, and please keep us posted on everything that's going on in London. We'll definitely be wanting to stay in touch with you as uh, everything progresses. Thank you, Jamie. Bye. Talk soon. I let you in, by the way. I thought it was Yeah, uh-huh. Way. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure you did. Verse four, something blue. So since we've been talking about Megan's changing role as a future HRH, we want to ponder the same topic for non-blue bloods. Uh, How does your role change um, when you become a spouse, when you are no longer a singleton, as they say, but forming a joint entity? Uh, Craig, what are are your thoughts on this as someone who's going to be uh, soon or 
Yeah. Soonish. Soonish. I know. I was <laughs> like, well, pending. date pending. <laughs> TBD. TBD. <laughs> Invitation to follow. Married. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. uh, personally, and we've spoken about this at length, that it's really important to keep your individuality right. while being in, um, you know, a joint union. Right. So uh, obviously changing for the better and for the better of the, the couple, the unity, but also making sure that you retain some of your independence right. and your own thoughts and your own ideas and you're not swayed so much that you know you have to think solely about this unit right uh, that you're about to become um well, i mean megan really kind of does that you know as well right i right, mean but she has to give up some things she does. too you know so it's like what would i have to give up by getting married and, yeah you know as a, a gay man we don't have to give up our names which right. you know women well, they don't have to anymore, but sure. you know, it, it, it's more traditionally expected. Traditionally expected, yeah, yeah. Are there different things like are you expected to? Are there more like family functions you have to go to now for like his family as well? Well, you know, yeah, his family live, um, his sister and uh, niece, and I call her our niece because I've known her since she was born, okay. so she's 11 now. She actually came and did a little studio tour. Oh, with yeah, us, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, I consider Raina my niece too, right? So she calls me Uncle Craig and. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely spend Easter and Christmas with them. Mm. Obviously, my family is a little further away. Yeah. So we don't really spend. Um, but but my mom comes out every year and uh, Michael goes out of his way to make her feel welcome. Oh, nice. Yeah. We go out for nice dinners. And do you, what do you think, like in your experience of because, you know, you've been with you know your partner for a while. Yeah. From your experience, like what do you think is some advice that you would give, you know, someone else? I mean, especially, I mean, who might be in like Megan's shoes, you know, where they've known the person for maybe a year and a half, two years years yeah. now they're getting married and they're just meeting the entire family and it's an accelerated version yeah. based on your experience what do you think is like some good some good takeaways i think some of the uh, tips i would give in terms of like coming into a new relationship period like let's say you're moving in together right, right? and it's like what side of the bed do you sleep on right <laughs> you know are you going to come in because maybe you're moving into the other person's home right, right? so you're not getting a brand new house together um, so what side of the bed do you sleep on? You know, that's a nice question to ask, right? And see right. if you can, and if it's the same side of the bed, maybe you can give up that side and just see how well you sleep on the other. Right. And give if it, it a, doesn't work, then just nudge him out. And right. Give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah. And then also making the bed. I think that's an important thing. So like oh. for me, before Michael and I were living together, not that I was messy, but you know, sometimes I'd like to leave the bed unmade and then yeah. maybe crawl back into it. <laughs> so same, 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 same. But that used to really bother him, you know. And he was like, "If you don't make your bed, then how? If you, if it, you know, it's that one tone. thing, yeah, for the for the day." People well about who being are pro- like proactive. who love making the bed really are like they proselytize. So I'm very interested <laughs> in this, but I agree with you. So yeah, so that's the first thing, you know. Every, you know, and I that's something that I had to learn, you yeah, know, about and how to make the bed properly oh god <laughs> to like his standards oh yeah he has standards oh, god. so <laughs> learning what your your significant other's like domestic yeah. standards are and trying to find your way around them yeah. and in them and then you know but but it's all a part of you know being courteous and considerate yeah. within being in a relationship so if that's one thing that ticks him off and it's the only thing that ticks him off yeah. then you know I'll do my duty right yeah your your royal duty <laughs> yes. to the to the relationship yes cuz we don't have chambermaids unfortunately like uh, Megan will have I'm sure I mean listen we can't all we can't all be duchesses yeah. and princesses or exactly. queens yet yet only on the dance floor only on the dance floor. <laughs> this has been a great episode. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah. Because we also have uh, 
we have something fun happening next week. Um, we're going to have an interview with Andrew Morton. Uh, yes, wow. he of the famed Diana biography. Yeah. That really sort of rocked the world. Um, and now he has a new book out about Meghan Markle. Uh, so we're going to be talking with him about that book and what he's learned about Meghan in yeah. doing all his research. Uh, and also maybe some comparison, you know, I mean, the co- comparison is constantly made uh, with, with her and Diana. So we'll be talking about a lot of fun things next week. So make sure you tune in it's for that episode. F- fascinating. Well, the tea has been spilled, and it's been rather hot. I'm Sean Mandel. And I'm Craig Robert Young, and thank you for joining us on Spilling Royal Tea, the podcast. Spilling Royal Tea is a collaboration between TMZ and Spoke. Use Spoke to find your next favorite podcast. Learn more at hearspoke.com. Maggie Van Dorn is our executive producer, and you can subscribe to Spilling Royal Tea on Apple Podcasts. For more coverage of the royal wedding, visit tmz.com. I'm really nervous about my quiz. Oh, you are? I, I see that you've got a cheat sheet there, though. No, I took... Oh! Well, I was studying. I studied. It's not the oh, same quiz. Oh, you studied. I didn't study. I studied. 